Why is up, Steelers Nation? Thank you so much for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk. I'm Noah Strackbine, joined always by my main man, Stephen Thompson, and our, I think, favorite. I don't even want to. We we went over this last week. I don't want to call you a guest at this point. Like I feel like a Friday edition to the show, sometimes Wednesdays, pops up on Mondays from time to time. Our man, Nick Martin, the Pittsburgh Steelers head, or they don't head, they host the Jacksonville Jaguars. In week eight, Acrisure Stadium, two of the top teams in the AFC as we reach the midway point of the 2023 season. It is a beautiful day here in the Berg. It seems like it's ramping up. Ever since we started complaining on Monday about how cold it's been, it's just like, you know what? We'll give you a couple days. We'll give you a couple real, real nice days. Make sure to subscribe to us on YouTube, youtube.com slash Talk. Find us anywhere you get your podcast. Steven, we'll start with you here. How are we feeling, my friend? I'm feeling good because uh, you know as soon as we hop off of this uh, hop off of this this podcast recording this podcast I'm headed to tropical South Bend Indiana uh, for Pitt Notre Dame this weekend it's supposed to be real nice out there like 70 degrees today all sunshine Beautiful. and everything yep so uh, I'm really excited about that college I'm a college football junkie so like going to Notre Dame Stadium you know even though I think Notre Dame could be pretentious and uh, uh obnoxious sometimes it is cool to yeah. like be in that be in that stadium see that history and take that on yeah uh, that's uh that's pretty remarkable i grew up a notre dame fan i realized quickly i'm not pretentious so yes. I was you, i'm glad you out. found the light that was that's yeah, good i also ended up at penn state so i felt like you know what i mean i was playing a real risky game there I had to, two strikes that's yeah i had to make a had to make a change nick how are we feeling my friend oh i'm always feeling good about jags week but uh it's it's interesting, you know, for once the Jags are being favored going into this one and, you know, they, they look like they have the superior team on paper. And in the past, it's always been the Steelers were the superior team. And then they just kind of like the Jags always surprise them. They always give them like the toughest fights. And, you know, who's going to be Kenny Pickett's Rasheen Mathis when it comes to <laughs> to his bane at corner, you know? There's always that one guy who figures out that one quarterback and Mathis was Roethlisberger's for a long time. Long time, long time. I'm glad that you brought up a little who's going to be the corner to the Big Ben, the Kenny Pickett this week because that's uh that's where we should start if we're going to start anywhere. Some news and notes here for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yesterday was very interesting day within the locker room. George Pickens practicing normal. Everything's fine. Unknowingly, maybe he did know, but I feel like it happened during practice or just right before practice. Not a time where you'd be scrolling through your phone if you're a Pittsburgh Steelers player. The Jacksonville Jaguars were asked about, uh, hey, what's your uh, what's your thoughts on, on Big GP here? What's your thoughts on the Pittsburgh Steelers wide receiver, star-studded wide receiver coming out of two back-to-back 100-yard gains. Safety Rashawn Jenkins says, I know that the receiver we have coming in this week, number 14, he has some high yards per catch, but respectfully, he hasn't played our corners yet. So I'll say that. I mean, people jumped on it and said, oh, you're making a little bit out of nothing. I looked at it and said, I think you're making... You're trying to make something. You're giving bulletin board material. You're s- just slightly because you don't want to. You don't want to dive in too much. You don't want to turn this into a Tom Brady, whoever situation. You're throwing a little jab. You're saying, "Yeah, we'll see what happens Sunday." Nick, I want to start with you because you brought up the conversation. George Pickens hasn't played the Jaguars' cornerbacks. That's a very true statement. That's as true as it comes. 
Would you have said that if you were Rashawn Jenkins? How much trouble you think that adds? And just knowing who George Pickens is, knowing how much trash he's talked unprovoked, now he's being provoked. How dangerous do you think uh, this move was by the Jaguars' safety? I actually think it was brilliant by the Jags because, um, Whoa, you know, wasn't seeing that coming. Yeah, no. So teams last week, uh, particularly with the Rams, they were provoking him in during the game and like you know trying to get him all riled up and you know he started to realize that and i'm kind of wondering you know the jags are taking these early shots maybe maybe they're trying to get them all riled up right before True. the game but who knows how that could, how that could work now that he's kind of like expecting teams to like you know get them get them all fired up and make a bad play or something like that and i think it's gonna be interesting because uh former uh georgia teammate tyson campbell used to yep. play with him at Georgia and you know he had some great catches against Eric Stokes in practice obviously but yeah. he got to go up against both those corners and I, I you know he probably knows a bit of their in and outs and Campbell's gotten better since his days at Georgia obviously but I'm excited to watch that matchup that's just like a that's a tall corner on a tall receiver that that's like a that's like as Tom would call a five-star matchup. I think that one's. <laughs> I think that one's a fun one. I uh, look forward to it. I like that. I like that thought process, Stephen. You agree with that thought process about uh, talk a little smack early, get him a little revved up, see if you can get in his head a little bit, or you think they're still playing a dangerous game? Well, I had the same thought. Uh, I thought oh. they must have heard what George said after the game, after the LA game, um, and maybe thought they could get a head start on it and and get inside his head early. Um, I don't know if it's a particularly great idea. I think George George is one of those guys who when he gets angry, I think he plays a little bit better. Um yeah. you know, you might be able to draw like an unsportsman like conduct penalty out of him at one point or another, but still think he's gonna go for a hundred yards. Like this is this is also a cornerbacks group that's helped allow the thirty first, I think, most passing yards in the NFL. Like I don't know it's where this group. like confidence is is coming the is coming from for, for them. I know they like they got some good players back there, but like the results have not been the results. So I don't know. Maybe this is how they get themselves kickstarted, but this is a group that hasn't played very well. It's talking a lot of, a lot of trash, quite honestly, uh, going into this matchup. Yeah. I, uh, I sent a text as soon as I, cause George came back and he, you know, again, I don't think that he heard it, but he said, yeah, the Jaguars defense, when asked about the secondary, he said the Jaguars defense relies heavily on the defensive line. He then said that it's a hope defense. Uh, salute, uh, uh, eliciting that uh, or soliciting that yeah, you know, they need if they don't get a good pass rush they're not getting much done there I sent out a text immediately after the locker room and I said yo uh, Jaguars corners are they good and the response I got was just no and I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I said oh, okay sounds uh, sounds good I won't say who I sent the text to but it was somebody in Jacksonville who's been watching these people every day for a long 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 time um I I didn't think of it like that at all up until both of you said it. I like that move if that's what it is to get in there. But I mean, how costly can that be? You know what I mean? Like, what do you? It's like, oh man, got to make sure we get that unsportsman like those fifteen yards early. You know, just to make sure that they, like, do you think he's gonna throw a punch? Do you think he's gonna get kicked right. out of the game? Like, this is Mike Tomlin as a, as a head coach. There is always a line, okay? And I think Mike Tomlin, his line is is. It, it is never in the middle. It is always much more shifted towards allowing the players to do a bunch of nonsense. 
But once you hit that line of, okay, we're going to really cost a team, we're going to really cost our team here, you don't cross it. And Mike Tomlin makes sure, makes sure that you don't cross it. I, I wouldn't be worried that George is going to take this too far. I felt like, I feel like it's like, yeah, maybe an educated risk of just like, hey, we know who George Pickens is. We know his past. We know what he's coming off of. But at the same time, like, just like you both said, like, he plays angry and he's coming off of two 100 yard games. He's beaten much better corners than this one. And you want to know what the easiest way to go about this if you're George Pickens is? If you just go for 130, make this look absolutely effortless and you just ignore them. Like, you know, and he's, I think he's smart enough where, like, yeah, George is a hothead. I get it. But I think he's also smart enough in the in the game of trash talk to know that if he just shuts up and just gives him a little glance or something, like that's gonna make ESPN, you know, and yeah. that's gonna get everywhere, and then that'll be better trash talk. Yeah, and, and like you know, I want to be clear. Like I don't, I don't think George is gonna try to fight anyone. Like I know no, everyone's no, seen no. that video from him. At, yeah, no, everyone's seen that video at Georgia uh, for, of him from Georgia, you know, fighting someone from Georgia Tech. But like, yeah. I don't know. There's nothing in his two-year career in the NFL that makes you think he is, like, overly aggressive or, like, he likes to talk his trash and, like, you know, he's emotional too. But, like, yeah, yeah. it never drifts into something like that. Isn't... I don't... Yeah, that's what right. I'm saying. He's a, he's a wide receiver. Right. So, like, I, I think if you are – yeah, th- I think you hit the nail on the head in that this is a low-risk – or this is a high-risk, low-reward play for the Jaguars to – talk trash to to george pickens before you even step on the field against him yeah nick i want to i want to direct this to you real quick you brought up the five-star matchup what do you see in the jaguars corner you see anything in these guys you just said that that campbell's good he's coming back from an injury if i believe so right yeah i believe so yeah campbell's about the only guy i'd be worried about at this point uh the rest of that secondary is very inconsistent i don't expect them to hold up against a guy like deontay johnson if he so happened to ends up playing we'll get to that yeah. at some point though yeah yeah i uh just like watching practice you know you always get those scout jerseys obviously and you're like oh man who who are they looking at this week without saying who that was out there who wasn't out there i didn't have to ask who the secondary was you know what i mean i didn't have to go oh who's that guy playing not once and <sighs> some weeks you have to this week didn't have to do that one time that tells you what the pittsburgh steelers believe in the Jacksonville Jaguars. That's a good uh, transition. Nick, you're killing the transitions here this morning. <laughs> Pittsburgh Steelers dealing with three uh, three injuries that popped up yesterday. A bit surprising. I guess four injuries. One of them came up Wednesday afternoon. The other two came up Thursday. Joey Porter Jr., Deontay Johnson, Larry Ogunjobi, and Levi Wallace all on the injury report. Levi dealing with a foot injury was uh, a no-go on Wednesday, was limited yesterday. I think there's a big question mark about whether or not he's going to play this week. Terrell Austin, I mean, you talked to him yesterday, Stephen. Not sure if you were there or at Canada for this one, but he said that it, he believes it may be nursing something. He didn't really have, like, a definitive answer on what's going on. Joey Porter Jr. says he's going to play. Could be a Joey Porter Jr. Uh, Patrick Peterson week for the Pittsburgh Steelers. We see this as a possible change of tides for the Steelers. A little Joey Porter gets some action, sees what happens maybe we make a move and uh, this is the beginning of Joey Porter Jr. as a starter in Pittsburgh. Yeah, maybe this just accelerates that process. Um, I think it had been been growing and building for a while. Um, it was interesting what, what Terrell Austin said. He said that Levi was like nursing something. He didn't, you know, get into details about what it was. I don't think yeah. Levi popped up on the injury report after the game, but like Jay's, Jay's, uh, 
excuse me, James Pierre had to come in for a few snaps. Uh, Austin said and, and and play a little bit in his absence. It was it was a little odd, you know. Like usually, it's pretty obvious when a guy, you know, there are a million cameras at an NFL game. Like you can't you can't dodge and a million and even more eyeballs at, a, at an NFL game. You, it's hard to dodge like an injury. Like it's hard to keep one of those things under wraps. And only yeah. I heard anything about it on game day. So I don't know. It, it's a little concerning that, you know, pops up this late in the week and that, uh, you know, he's kind of dealing with it. But I think, I think, like I said, you, we had been kind of trending towards some more Joey Porter progressively each week. So I don't think, the Steelers feel all that. I mean, it hurts your depth, obviously. That's a starter right yeah. there. But, like, you have to throw Joey Porter in there for, for a few more snaps. Like, I don't think I'm concerned about that. I don't think the Steelers are concerned about that. Uh, I think you feel perfectly fine, uh, especially given the way Levi's been kind of up and down throughout this year. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's a loss for sure, but I don't think it's one that, you know, significantly changes how I, I look at this game. Uh, even if, you know, that's – and we don't even know if – Levi's going to play or not on Sunday. Nick, do you, uh, are you worried? Is there a part of you that, man, because I, there's a part of me that thinks this, that they're going to roll. If Levi can't go, they'll roll James Pierre out there on the other side because he could play both sides and they've only rocked Joey on the left side. Think about, They've only rocked Joey on the left side. And I mean, we know the Pittsburgh Steelers, they've done crazier things in the past. They're a part of you that feels that they're a part of you that how, I, how smooth of a transition, how easy of a transition can that be for a guy to say, oh, I've only played the left side since I've gotten here, but I'll play the right side on Sunday. Um, at corner, it's typically not as difficult as say like a position like tackle because yeah. you're with when, when like you're playing along the offensive line, a lot of times your technique, like it's almost like the opposite of how you feel mm-hmm. corner. You more so have to corner, corner you just more so have to be like comfortable in that in that spot it's not like a huge transition but it's definitely one that's like you keep an eye on it for sure yeah but we were really trending towards joey porter playing i mean not since this week or like even past weeks since the season was supposed to start i mean yeah we wanted to see Joey Porter from the beginning because we thought he had that level of ability and that there was a man coverage element to his game that was very different compared to what they have on the roster currently. Because as we know, Patrick Peterson is not the same player he used to be. He is a guy who has good instincts in zone coverage and he can yeah. be able to read the quarterback, but he cannot play man-to-man, wall-to-wall coverage on an island that Porter is the type of guy that they need for that. And I get it. Porter's tackling is not the best right now, but Levi no. Wallace is a train is a train wreck in that regard. <laughs> and Patrick Peterson hasn't been much better either. So it's like, yeah. what standard are we holding here? I just, I, I don't, I don't really get it. I like, they should be playing him and don't even get me started on the snaps for Keanu Benton the last week that that made no sense at all. Yeah, the uh the the rookie the rookie shares on defense are very weird. Like I get Montrevis Adams is is playing well in my opinion. I think that he's having good games. He's had bad games, but I think Los Angeles was a good game after that first quarter. You still roll Keanu. Like Keanu's the future. You get him out there. He's played very well when he's getting opportunities. Um I agree with you. The tackling and we talked about this on Wednesday. We talked about this on Monday too. Like 
dude, who cares if you can't tackle? Like, who? You, what's what's worse, missing? And like, I, they're both bad. So I'm not trying to, yeah. you know, I'm not trying to to justify missed tackles. But what Levi Wallace did, just like chilling in the end, zone, just oh man, it was a touchdown. I didn't even <laughs> see the guy catch the football. What you, you're telling me that is better than missing a tackle at the line of scrimmage against a running back that's a hundred pounds more than you? I just, eh, I don't know about that one. I just. Or- or um, what he did um, against Christian McCaffrey in week one and yeah. let that huge touchdown go. I mean, he hasn't been very good in either aspect. So I just don't I don't get the hesitancy to not put Porter out there at this point. It makes no sense. No, no, I agree. I think that this could be a possibility for a change of guards. I also think that this is a possibility that we see a little James Pierre. I think there's a possibility if Levi doesn't go, we see a little Darius Rush. Well, Darius Rush action out there, which I would love to see for the Pittsburgh Steelers, just to get a little taste, you know, just a little. What were we getting out there? Darius Rush. Well, Darius Rush is a treat, you know, just a little, little treat, little fourth quarter action. You know, who cares? Let's just see what you got in them. The other ones, obviously, Larry Ogunjobi and Deontay Johnson. Um, I have pretty good confirmation that Larry O is going to be good to go on Sunday. It's a shoulder injury; it stinks to see, but he seems fine. Spirits are high. Everybody seems like probably won't practice on Friday and then play on Sunday. Just, uh, that's just know, Larry. What I like, have heard. He, yeah, just, he yeah. has an injury every week that he like plays through. Like, um, he was actually, uh, through. it was, it was coming up like there. I was actually talking to shout out Chris, Chris Adamski, the trip live. Uh, he was about to do a story on how Larry O completed the, uh, the full, uh, perfect game here. Went nine full days of practice. Didn't make it. He only went eight. He only Damn, went eight. Man. Yeah, it was close. But as we've seen before, he'll be fine on Sunday. I, I have heard that he'll be okay on Sunday. Deontay, a little bit of a question mark popped up again. Did not practice because of the hamstring injury. Steven, you talked to him before practice. He uh, he spoke about how he felt fine. What did you hear from him? What? How surprised were you that he popped up? And what's your level of concern? I was a little surprised, but I don't think my level of concern is high. Uh, and it's because of one thing that he said in particular when he talked uh, yesterday yesterday morning yeah 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 yesterday morning um but he said you know at the beginning they asked him how how he was feeling he's like oh i'm fine i just haven't ran like that in forever like that yeah. was uh, that was almost the the exact quote i'm paraphrasing a little bit but so i wonder if this is just a little bit of a conditioning thing um if he's just still kind of getting back up to full speed um obviously he played a full game against the rams but you know at the end of a full week of practice i can imagine a guy who hasn't played for what is it? Four weeks, five weeks. Uh, it's been a while. Uh, so yeah. he, I, I, I can understand why he might need a little bit of time to get, get more acclimated. Uh, and giving him a, a a day of rest or a limited practice, uh, here or there, I don't think it's the worst thing in the world, and it doesn't really concern me very much moving forward. I, if I was a betting man, I'd say he'll be all right. Uh, and that this is just kind of more reintegration back uh, after that hamstring injury. Yeah, yeah, Nick. Um. What you saw from Deontay and JP, GP, on there's too many J's and G's. I talk about this every single day. On Sunday, what were your thoughts on this? Is it something that can carry over? Is this the beginning of a spark maybe for Kenny Pickett because these two are out there? Or did you just look at it as, that was another good half by Kenny Pickett. This is something we've seen before. So for me, uh, it was actually a really encouraging week of offense, especially in the fourth quarter. But mm-hmm. the biggest aspect of Deontay Johnson like being back is that Kenny Pickett has that guy to go on timing routes consistently. 
yeah. especially on outbreakers because Deontay Johnson is so great at keeping those routes on time and being able to create separation. His best throw by far was to Deontay Johnson where he, where he dropped back to pass. He yes. had no hitch, all cleats in the ground. He just absolutely fired it with anticipation. And it wasn't the first time that Kenny Pickett did that either in the game. He had, um, he had a similar one. And Deontay Johnson, one of the things that makes him so great is he's quarterback friendly. So when, you know, oftentimes on outbreakers and stopping routes, receivers are trained to go back to the ball because it yeah. gives them an easier window to not let the defender in the picture. It helps your quarterback out. And on an outbreaker, Deontay, he comes back to the ball. The defender actually had perfect technique. It was a Witherspoon but it didn't matter because he just, he came back to the ball. The ball was placed perfectly. That was just encouraging sign because that was something we, we just were not getting from Calvin Austin as excited as we are about his potential, that level of chemistry and the timing in his routes yeah. is not quite there. And that's what you're really excited about with Deontay Johnson. He just gives you that timing element while George Pickens gives you that trust, that yes. trust throw element. And they really, took advantage of it they got him some great isolation attempts and if they're able to do that as well on sunday i actually don't hate their chances to make it competitive don't hate their chances i'm really encouraging what the hell that was the most sideways compliment (laughs) of all time yeah man i don't you know if they play really well they might not lose they might might only lose by a touchdown you know they Like they are, they might not, they might not get smoked. Yeah, that was a, that was a good one. I, uh, from what I hear and, you know, obviously you were there yesterday, Steven. So you have probably a little bit more insight than me is that Deontay should be good to go on Sunday, more of a a rest thing. Like you said, um, we'll see what that does for the offense. Hopefully it does more than, uh, give them an opportunity to, to win this game, but, or don't hate the chances, but we'll, uh, we'll see on that one. Let's dive into the next, uh, subject here. Two trades have, Hypothetical trades have made their way to the Pittsburgh Steelers headline, neither of which were ones that we have talked about, believed could have happened, would have even thought to happen, or would have made their way towards headlines. The first one here, we'll start with the mild, the more mild one. Justin Simmons, safety, super star safety for the Denver Broncos. On his way to Pittsburgh, according to Pittsburgh Steelers, or yeah, Pittsburgh Steelers Sports Illustrated, it's Connor Orr who believes Justin Simmons is the perfect trade for the Steelers at the deadline, and they could get him for a third-round pick. I mean, we'll dive into that one in a second. DeAndre Hopkins is the other one, and that one is just the what are we talking about here, but betonline.ag has DHOP 5-1 to one odds to go to the Pittsburgh Steelers. They are the odds on favorite right now to land the Tennessee Titans wide receiver. The 30, I think he's 31 years old right now. I I mean, you want to talk about Justin Simmons. Okay, cool. We could, we could come up with a way to to try to work. What are you even thinking about Deandre Hopkins? Um, Steven, let's start with you on your thoughts on both these bad boys. And uh, I mean, let's just leave it there. Your thoughts on both these bad boys. Uh, Well, yeah, one of these bad boys is much worse than the others. Like uh, De- DeAndre Hopkins, like I don't really understand the thought process behind this. Like, oh, let's go no. get a worse, older, 
more expensive George Pickens, and let's just throw him exactly <laughs> right next to George Pickens, and like let's see how it goes. Like, I I don't I don't understand how this would move the needle at all for the Steelers. I don't even know why they'd be interested in both giving up the 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 I guess you'd have to give up draft capital to go get him. Like I assume the Titans are looking for draft picks, and then yeah. take on take on his contract. Like why this team has no cap space? What do they? What would they? Where would they make the room for this? And why would they even try to make the room for this? This is not uh, this is not a move at all that like I think is worth it for the Steelers to even consider. I mean, pretty obviously. Justin Simmons, you could talk me into that. Third round pick, like, sure. Like I, I get it. Like that yeah. that makes safety room real crowded, but like I don't know. You tell them when you can't find room for Justin Simmons. Like I think they would I think they would figure it out. Uh maybe you have to maybe see a little less Demonte KZ, maybe you go to some some three safety looks. I don't know. Like maybe maybe Minka like gets moved down and starts playing like some slot corner too. I don't know. I, I think you have some versatile pieces in the secondary that you can move around to make room for Justin Simmons. All that said, not very likely at all. Like it's yeah. that's not probably not worth it at all. No, I don't like, think Omar Khan's sitting in the office today going. I wonder what it's going to take to get Justin Simmons over here. We should make right. some phone calls. We need him. Yes. We, yeah, yeah, no, it's not a, yeah, I don't think so. Nick, uh, Nick, your thought on, uh, your thoughts on both of these, uh, both these trades here. The DeAndre Hopkins one to me is I can't even keep a straight face when it comes to that <laughs> one. Cause I'm not quite sure how that fits. Literally the best aspect of like, what they need with a like a slot wide receiver in particular mm-hmm. like i guess the only way i can see this kind of working is if like okay hopkins is like the worst george pickens so that you plug him in isolation and you have pickens kind of like block more in line but i just think he's so good as an isolation threat it's like it's kind of hard to to try and justify that at this point yeah i can I can maybe see it, but right now Hopkins, I just I can't take that seriously. It's he's at the elder stage of his career. They already have a guy like that in Allen Robinson. We we don't we don't need another one of those guys right now. If no. anything, they need to be looking to the draft because those types of picks would um end up being big for slot receivers, even though I don't think slot is a very deep uh part of the draft class currently but we'll get to that when we get to that but you know justin simmons makes a lot of sense actually from a need perspective i think simmons offers a lot of versatility to play both free safety box slot absolutely a ton of stuff that he can do and it would fit like a glove with minka fitzpatrick my problem is that contract is a little bit terrifying to look at you're ginormous Forty yeah, million dollars for your safeties. I mean, yes, that's common practice in the NFL. Do, how much cap space do the Steelers even have? Like what? Like they'd have England. enough to to take it on this year. They next year it would get it would get weird. Yeah, I'm not so sure. I would want to take that that contract on. And if we're looking just around the league in terms of like trade potential trade deals, I don't really think there's a ton. Um, that currently fit for the Steelers, um, aside from the Justin Simmons one and that little pipe dream that's in everyone's head that is Patrick Sertan, but that one's not happening in a million years. That one years. should happen. Let's be honest. That one should. If you're gonna if you're gonna throw if you're gonna throw the barn at anybody, if you're gonna say, hey, look at we'll just give it all. Who cares? Whatever. It's Patrick Sertan. Like, what do you need? Like it, you're telling me that 
you're not going to give up. I'd give up a first and a second. And I'd say, I, what are we gonna what are we gonna get in the first and the second round that we're not gonna get in Patrick Sertan? Nothing. Here's your first and second round pick. Take it. I think I think it very well would make sense to do that. The problem yeah. is, is I don't think the Broncos want to trade him. I think they're using him as bait for their other trade yeah. targets right now. And when it comes to Sertan, like he is one of those players. He's like a blue chip. He's one of those guys who should net like maybe three, maybe two first round draft picks. Like they yeah. don't want to give him up for free. Like it, it just—it's not going to be like Mika Fitzpatrick. Like what they got. No, out of no, him it's yeah, it's in a like deal. 29, in twenty nineteen was insane, and I just I can't see them getting a guy like Sertan. And I don't really think there's a ton of trade targets that make sense aside from Simmons if you want to take that contract on. Yeah. So the the Justin Simmons one makes just like you guys said makes a little bit of sense just because like. To a point, uh, you're just like, all right, well, what's what's too much talent in the secondary? Nah, not a bad thing, apparently. Um, and you can move those guys around. Minka's already been playing a lot of slot, like you said, Steven. I could see him playing a little bit more. Justin Simmons does that. Maybe you can move. Demonte KZ's got a full year in the in the slot over in Dallas, so that could be that could be a move as well. Keanu Keanu Neal's got, I mean, work everywhere, but I don't think Keanu Neal's necessarily played all that great this season. Um, the big thing with uh, Justin Simmons contract here, just to uh, spark a little bit more something on this conversation, there's an out next year where the dead caps only three point seven five million dollars. That's uh, that's not terrible. Now, that yeah. being said, if you keep him, his cap hit is eighteen point two five million dollars. So that's a lot of money for safety wow. on top of I believe Minkas is right around the same the same price tag. there, just about eighteen something. That's uh, that's too much money for safeties. That's, if you're going to go do it, I think you're getting rid of everybody else next season. Like you're looking at it and just going, all right, well, Levi's gone. He's not coming back. KZ's not coming back. Keanu Neal's not like you're just you're just clearing house to to try and find somebody next to Joey Porter Jr. And then you move on and, th- and then you just build young around those guys. I also think he's 31 years old next season, like. Dad, like, you know, at what point are you taking a little bit of a risk? He's going to be looking for money after next season. That gets dangerous, too. Look, at if it's if it's too, if you go into Jacksonville and you win and you look real good and Kenny Pickett looks real good and Matt Canada or fire Matt Canada chance don't make their way to the field at all. Not one time. Maybe on Tuesday, you're thinking of a crazy move just because you're like, well, Screw it. Let's just see what we can pull this. Let's see what we can pull off. Let's see what we get done. Then it makes some sense. Besides that, yeah, no. Patrick Sertan's the only one I'm throwing the house at, and I'm going to get him. I'm, I don't care what I got to do. I'm going to get him. You got another uh, young corner there, Nick? You you do some scouting around the league. You uh, you got another young corner out there that maybe the Steelers can make a phone call for? Jalen Johnson comes- was the other one, but he's he's looking to sign a contract in Chicago, I feel like. Yeah, that, that one's probably not going to happen. Um, one that I saw, um, I was um, looking at PFF's website. PFF Brad mentioned Christian Fulton of the Tennessee Titans. I saw that. Very, who's had a very up-and-down career in Tennessee. I was going to say, he doesn't a, even look good this year. Yeah, um, it's not it's not like it's not a very pretty trade landscape at corner and even safety, but like guys like Simmons are, you know, those are the types of guys you take a chance on if you can get them for the right price. I don't really see too many other targets outside the guys we've mentioned currently. What about Dante Jackson? Uh, I don't think the Panthers, I don't think the Panthers pan, uh, part with him currently. I just, I think young players like that, as much as like 
they're on expiring deals and stuff. Yeah. It's they're not going to get the largest of hauls for a guy, for a player like that as much as they want. Mm-hmm. And usually when they're trading those types of guys, you know, they want second round draft picks. They want to try and surround Bryce Young with some talent. So I definitely get that, but they're probably not going to get the pick they're looking for. And if they're looking to sign Dante Jackson in the off season, you know, keep, you know, keep him at that point. But Jackson's a guy I'll, I'll, I'll leave on the footnote as a, as a potential, but it would only okay. depend if like they actually wanted to trade him. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Not realistic. I don't think, I don't know. If, did you have a realistic one? Steven? you're looking at, you're looking at the camera, like maybe you did. Um, I mean, I, like watching the bills game, they were talking about Kyer Elam. Uh, he seems like a young guy with some talent. I don't second. They're looking to trade him already. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think so. I I'm pretty sure I don't have a source or whatever to back that up, but I, I think they were, <laughs> I think they are looking to, to move on from, from that guy, quite honestly. Um, I don't think they've been very impressed with him. Like my roommate's a Bills fan, and he was like, "Yeah, that guy's stunk. I hope they get rid of him very soon." Um, but oh. uh, yeah, I think it's been an up and down career. But I think there's some talent there. He was really the only guy that that came to mind for me, and I don't even know if. I mean, it'd, I feel like he's another uh, he's... Darius Rush. Like you know, like it, it would be yeah. another young guy you're taking a flyer on when another team has given up on him, which isn't exactly super encouraging. Yeah. Yeah, I uh, he did get he did get benched for Josh Norman this past or I guess yesterday. So that's uh, which is not that's a good as look. bad as it gets, in the I year twenty twenty three. That is not a great look. That's yeah, that's that's a no. rough one. That's a name that surprised me, but I guess I haven't been paying attention enough to to realize that he hasn't been good. He had some hype coming out of college, uh, out of Florida. Did did like him. We'll see what happens. Tuesday Tuesday is going to come and it's going to be look at. I just I kind of expect something. What that something is, we'll figure out. All right. Let's wrap up the show with this. It's Friday. Our keys to victory. Pittsburgh Steelers, Jacksonville Jaguars, week eight. A game that, well, if we could summarize it in anything, it's that George Pickens has not faced the Jacksonville Jaguars corners yet. He will on Sunday. Nick, we'll start with you. Your key to victory for the Pittsburgh Steelers as they host Jacksonville at Acrisure Stadium. Well, as we, as I've been trying to say, as they keep playing better and better offenses, the defense can't just keep, you know, the turnover train up to keep them in this. And to some extent, it it happened a little bit against the Rams, but that that turnover, that timely turnover by T.J. Watt was so huge. Huge. I think really for the Steelers, you could see this this offense. If there was a week to click, I think this is the week where it can click if Deontay Johnson is healthy, if George Pickens, you know, does channel the inner Hulk in him and, uh, (laughs) and, and uh, dominates these corners, you know, I definitely think that they have an absolute chance in this game. I mean, I, it's weird because I think this game, when it comes to like, if you look at the Jaguars, like in terms of like their talent versus the Steelers, it's similar, but it's like the Jags have better coaching overall yeah. on the offensive side. But I think I don't want to jinx this, obviously, but you I, are. Think la- I think last week was probably Matt Canada's best that he's had as an offensive yes. coordinator by far. And I think one of his best plays was actually like it was actually an incompletion 
that did not you know connor hayward was like they they did this like fake bubble screen they had hayward um run up the seam like fake like he was gonna block and then he 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 scooted out and i was like oh kenny you gotta throw that like there were instances where kenny was making up for his mistakes and i think you're just honestly gonna see this offense if it's going to click it's gonna happen this week if not bring the back the fire Canada chance out like <laughs> obviously i'm i'm thinking i'm thinking the offense has to has to really awaken this week i cuz i don't think the steelers pass rush as great as it is is yeah. going to phase a guy like trevor lawrence who can navigate through muddy pockets be able to make plays outside of structure in structure with you know bodies flying around him it's yeah. I, it's going to be tough for those corners especially christian kirk and Calvin Ridley. Ridley's been playing more as an X as opposed to a Z, but against and even in a static position, he could still beat a guy like Patrick Peterson if yes. he were to be matched up with him. Like yeah. that's that's a favorable matchup. So I'm definitely gonna say that the offense uh starts to put it together and uh I'm gonna say they win. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Take it easy. Whoa, Take it easy. No, we're I'm not never. there yet. We're, we're not, not there yet. Not there we're yet. Almost there. We're there. Uh, we're almost gotcha. there. All right, Steven, you go next. Your key to victory here. Yeah, my key is don't pretty much along the prediction. I, I know <laughs> what the deal is. I know the process. Don't don't need to educate me on that. Um, but I uh I'm kind of go gonna walk the same line. Uh I think you really gotta be able to score in this game. I don't think this is uh this is gonna be a shootout, quite uh, quite honestly, in my mind. If Steelers if this is a competitive game, it will be a shootout. Um yeah. I think you have to be able to take advantage of a secondary that's been pretty bad, uh, quite honestly. Um, I, I I get that George Pickens hasn't played him before, but I think that's that's not something that uh it's not something the Jacksonville Jaguars should be encouraged by. Um and I don't think the Steelers are gonna be able to stop uh that that Jaguars running game. I think it's going to get out of hand pretty quickly and then uh you know, that that offense can really break explosive plays if you're not if you're not containing the run, if you're not doing the little things up uh, up front, uh, they can really break some big plays on you. So I think that's going to happen. I think the Jaguars are going to be able to score. So the Steelers got to be able to keep up um, and take advantage of that, of that pretty porous uh, passing defense on the back end for, for Jacksonville. All right. So I like both of those, obviously very got to You got to score. You got to have a good day, but Kenny Pickett, Matt Canada, I agree with you, Nick, that was his best performance. And just, just from a standpoint of like, Oh man, those were like, those were, those were good NFL plays. Those were, I was like, Oh, I've seen that one from other offenses. Actually, who, who would have thought that that crazy Mayan is uh, the other side of the football here. I'm going defense. I'm saying for the first time this season, you got to stop the run and you, you have to stop the run, make this a one dimensional team for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Force Trevor Lawrence to win this game. I think Trevor Lawrence could win this game. Like I, I think that Trevor Lawrence is one of the best young quarterbacks in the NFL and still developing and has some serious weapons around him. But you gotta put it in his hands. So you can't you can't end this game and say, you know what? Travis Etienne could do whatever he wants and Trevor Lawrence could do what he wants because we'll be fine. You won't be. You're not going to make that work. You got to be able to make this a one-dimensional game that falls on Cole Holcomb, that falls on Quan Alexander, Alandon Roberts, and it most certainly falls on that defensive line, starting with Larry Ogunjobi and hopefully a, a heavy dose of Keanu Benton in this one over Montrevious Adams. Uh, and really, I like Adams, but I just think that if you're going to 
try to stuff the run, put Keanu there. He's not as much of a penetrator, but he is a run stuffer, which right now that's what you need. Um, I'm going with stuff in the run. You do that. You give yourself an opportunity. You know, you're not, this isn't a, a fully loaded offense at that point. And then you just kind of hope that, you know, nobody gets beat over top by Christian Kirk, which is probably going to happen at least once. And Calvin Ridley doesn't have himself a day. I don't know how you stop Christian Kirk. If you're the Pittsburgh Steelers defense, I don't know if you got an option for that speed, but you know, hopefully you figure that out and hopefully you could uh, have somebody over top. All right. Now, Nick, are you ready? Yes. All right. Your score prediction week eight. Pittsburgh Steelers, Jacksonville Jaguars. They're uh, they're two and zero in the last two weeks. Can they make it three? Your thoughts? I'm gonna say it's they're they're playing at home. It's it's a bit it's it's a big game. This is, is a this is a this could be a turning point in their season. If not, it could be just kind of like the same old same old as the season goes along. But I'm gonna say they win 27-24 against the Jacksonville Jaguars. I know, tw- I, know tw- I know 27 points. It's crazy. And I, you know, I didn't want to think that at first, but like I, 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 if there was a week where this offense is going to put it together, I think it is this week. I think this is the type of defense that they can go up against and be able to score points. Even like the saints last week, they, yeah, they're a very maligned offense, but they're very talented and they were able to still put very good scoring drives together, make it extremely competitive. Biggest worry, and you outlined it, is Travis Etienne. Yes. If he runs wild, they're in trouble. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. That could uh that could get scary fast. Twenty seven what was your score? Twenty seven what? Twenty four. Oh. Yeah. Wow. That's a fun Sunday right there. All right. Steven, your score prediction, week eight, Pittsburgh Steelers, Jacksonville Jaguars. Hey man, if that's fun, I think we're gonna get we're gonna have even more fun. Um Oh my gosh, going, what are we doing here? I think the Steelers <laughs> also score twenty seven points. Uh I do think that comes in a loss, though. I think the Jags are gonna put up like thirty points. Uh, I think it's wow. my final score prediction, thirty, twenty seven, Jacksonville. Um I just I feel like the I, I'm pretty afraid that, that Travis Etienne is going to actually run wild on them um, yeah. and that he's going to have a ton of yards. They're going to control the line of scrimmage. They're going to break some explosive plays, and the Steelers will keep up. They'll do just enough to kind of keep up. Uh, I think they'll have a chance to to win it, but for really the first time, we're going to see Kenny Pickett not be able to convert a late, a late fourth quarter opportunity, and Steelers are going to – Walk away with the loss that I think you can still be somewhat encouraged by, but you know, yeah. lost the loss. So that is the worst type of loss. That is the yeah. worst. The 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 losses where you're just like, man, you played good football. Those are the worst. Nobody wants those losses. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Either suck or win. Those are mm-hmm. the only. Those are the only two things that feel. Because if you suck, you're like, ah, okay, well, you know, fire candidate chance could come back. But if you're good, if you score 27 points and you lose by three, you're just sitting there just being like. A fire Terrell Austin. Is that yeah. what we do here? I don't know. There's just that's that would be terrible. All right. I, 27 points. Ridiculous. You guys are out of your minds. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> out of your minds. I'm going Pittsburgh Steelers over the Jacksonville Jaguars. Carry this winning streak to three. Keep Stevens, which Steven, you've been you've been going against your bold prediction every single week since I have. Well, I guess the last I two jinx weeks. it. That's true. I'm sticking with it. 
I think the Pittsburgh Steelers pull this one off. They go 3-0. and It's a tight one. 24-21. I'm going to keep it realistic here. Okay? Now with 27 points. It's been a decade since Pittsburgh Steelers have scored 27 points. Unless they lose to the Cincinnati Bengals. 24-21. I think Kenny gets it done. I think the offense looks smooth. I think Jack, I think the game is much further apart than it seems. And the Jacksonville kind of brings it close there at the end. Gives them maybe an opportunity, but not a real opportunity. 24-21. Two good weeks for Matt Canada. It's going to be a good one. It's going to be a good one. And we're uh, the unrealistic ones. Okay, yeah. That's... <laughs> <laughs> You called. To, I mean, if you're scoring That's 27 true. points, it's a good week for That's Matt true. Canada. It's a good week for Matt Canada with a loss. It's the worst way to do it. But 24-21, Nick, you're 27-24 Steelers, correct? Yes. All right, Stephen. We'll see. Uh, we'll see what happens uh, on Monday. With that, we're heading out of here. Thank you guys so much for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk. Make sure to subscribe to us on YouTube, YouTube.com/slash All Steelers Talk. Find us anywhere you get your podcasts and check out all of our work at allsteelers.com and our pit coverage at insidethepanthers.com. We will be back on Monday. Enjoy another beautiful week in the Berg. Peace.